Hey guys, welcome back to Caffeine and Crime. Today we have the very last episode of Spooky Season, which has been well overdue, and I apologize for that. But we are ending this season, well, technically next week with the wrap-up episode, but still. It is the final episode. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this season as much as I have. It's been really cool to talk about like the haunted places, even if there's not like a lot of murder and true crime going on. But we're going to be jumping back into basically all true crime within a couple of weeks for season five. So bear with me, hang with me. We're getting there. Before we start today's episode, I have some really exciting news to share with you guys. I don't know if I've even mentioned it yet on this podcast or not, but I have my own little um, small shop called Bubbly Gift Shop, and it is a bath boutique. And you might be like, why are you mentioning this? The reason I am mentioning this is the fact that I've reopened it, rebranded it this year. Um, Well, not this year, last year. (laughs) I keep forgetting we're in 2021 now, but back in the fall of 2020, I rebranded and reopened my little shop, Bubbly Gift Shop, and I offer all organic, no GMO, cruelty-free, gluten-free, you know, the all the good works of a organic bath essential pretty much um or bath essentials because I have bath bombs, bubble bars, whip soap, whip body scrub and I'm really really proud of it. I wanted to share it with you guys, but more importantly, I wanted to announce the collaboration between Bubbly and my podcast. So my brand and my podcast are colliding and this month I am launching, well, probably the day you guys are listening to this, I am launching two new bath bombs in the shop. I don't know if they're going to stay permanent or not. I'm still thinking about it, but they are the Caffeine and Crime collab, and I am so freaking excited for these. So Caffeine, I'm pretty sure is going to become a permanent. (laughs) Everybody loves coffee, I swear. Well, let's just say the majority, and if you're listening to Caffeine and Crime, I'm sure you love caffeine. Um, But if you love coffee, you're going to love this bath bomb. It smells like rich, fresh brewed coffee. And it is called caffeine. If maybe you're not into that scent and you're thinking, I don't really want that scent for a bath bomb, you can check out Crime. Crime smells like it's so freaking good. I have to say Crime is my favorite out of the two. And I love coffee. So that's saying something. But The base of Crime is a white bath bomb that smells of a cupcake. It smells so delicious. I wanted something that was going to go really well with a coffee scent, and I feel like a cupcake smells so delicious. But I I had to add a little bit of a twist. Crime can't be boring. So with that, there is a red splatter on the bath bomb, the white bath bomb, so it looks like a red blood splatter, and the splatter smells of strawberry. So altogether, it smells like a strawberry cupcake. It is delish. You can buy them as a set, or you can buy them individually. Every single bath bomb comes wrapped sealed for the freshness. And like I said, all organic. I'm really, really picky about it. I know I don't share this type of stuff with you a lot. Um, And the only reason I am now, I'm sorry, you guys can fast forward if you would like to just get into the episode. It's an interesting episode, I promise. But I just wanted to mention it because it is a collab. And if you're 
into um, bath bombs and bath stuff like that, you can definitely check it out. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you like true crime, you're listening to this and you like bath bombs, it's a double bonus. You'll love it. Um, but like I said, you can buy them as a set or individually. Every order of caffeine or crime bath bombs comes with a caffeine and crime sticker. I'm really excited about those as well. My now friend, Alyssa, who does all my stickers, did an amazing job on them. And um, it's a bigger sticker, so you can have an actual sticker of caffeine and crime for the actual podcast. So it's really exciting. I had to mention it. If you guys want to see pictures and all of that, I will include them in today's blog, which is linked down below below in the description, but also I'm going to be posting and bragging all about them over on my Instagram at Caffeine Crime Podcast, but I know you guys are here for the episode, so let's jump into it. Today we're going to be talking about the Monte Vista Hotel in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I feel like I hear a lot about Flagstaff, Arizona being so haunted, but this is literally one of the most haunted places apparently. It has 10 to 13 known spirits that have chosen to stay at the Monte Vista Hotel to be their place to enjoy or to work out their issues. Hmm, sounds like a great time. This 1927 four-story brick Monte Vista Hotel is one of the few remaining buildings with the Spanish colonial style of architecture. It is in the Railroad Edition Historic District in downtown Flagstaff. Elements of the Spanish colonial style architecture add so much to the Monte Vista Hotel outside and inside. Rounded doors and windows and other elements of this decor style, ornaments of terracotta or cast concrete, decorative iron trim, tile flooring, arcades supported by columns, and carved and molded capitals. This grand hotel has on the first floor, a bi-level lobby, a coffee shop, and a bi-level lounge. The guest rooms, each named after a well-known person who stayed there, are located on the second, third, and fourth floors. With a variety of room choices, the historic traveler rooms have shared bathrooms. All the other choices and rooms offer private baths that range from full-size beds to the king corner suite with a queen sleeper. Care has been taken to maintain the historical authenticity, and apparently a lot of people really rave about their stay here, that it's actually a really nice place to stay. Located on the southeast end of the hotel, the Monte Vista Cocktail Bi-Level Lounge is the hotel's bar area. It is a two-level entertainment area of the hotel that offers drinks, a variety of live music on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday nights, and a dance floor, all on the lower level. Also in this lower level, karaoke fun takes place every Tuesday and Thursday nights and trivia games take place every Sunday night. A lot going on. You got to mark that all in your calendar. The upper level bar has pool tables and dartboards for the amusement of its guests. Friday and Saturday nights, locals and visitors enjoy the entertainment offered at the Vista Monte Hotel. It is important for the v Monte Vista hotel owners to fully put the hotel to work, which means a lot of folks have a great time loudly. The quieter rooms are in the back and on the upper floors. So it's time to get into some history. 
The influx of tourists during the mid-1920s led to the realization for the need for an upscale hotel. A perfect location was picked, being close to the railroad station and the newly built Route 66. Thanks to the generous donations from author Zane Gray and prominent townspeople who together raised $200,000 to build, the building started in June of 1926 of the 76-room hotel. Combined with a post office and housing for the Coconino Sun, a multi-purpose building standing three stories in a large rectangular structure, the Monte Vista also decided to host Mary Costigan's daily three-hour radio show from Room 105. It opened as the Community Hotel on New Year's Day of 1927 to honor the townspeople who donated so generously. The name was eventually changed through a city contest to come up with a new name. A 12-year-old girl came up with the name Monte Vista, meaning Mountain View. The Monte Vista Hotel was not afraid to bend the laws. The hotel lounge was the town's speakeasy and freely served alcohol. This was rejected as their Patreons, which included skiers, river runners, celebrities, lawbreakers, and ordinary citizens still loved to have their favorite drinks. Tunnels were dug under the streets of Flagstaff like many western towns did to provide ways for people and goods, legally and illegally, to move about during inclement weather. As the town grew, so did the underground tunnels built by the town's Chinese workers. Among other businesses, the Monte Vista Hotel had access to the tunnel system. Currently used for storage and piping, the larger cloves of the tunnels had been used for opium dens, moonshine distilleries, gambling machines, and a convenient way to smuggle illegal drugs and alcohol for the speakeasy located in the Monte Vista Lounge. However, in 1931, federal authorities were the party poopers when the Monte Vista Lounge was raided and was forced to close until um, it was later, like, I guess, repealed two years later. From 1935 to 1940, the Monte Vista Hotel offered slot machines for gaming. There were the only ones available in Flagstaff's history. The underworld slime balls still use the tunnels to come to the hotel without being noticed by law enforcement. Sedona and Oak Creek Canyon became the popular place to film westerns for Hollywood filmmakers during the 1940s and 1950s. Actors, crew, and other involved in the filming liked to come and stay at the Monte Vista Hotel. Some of them were Jane Russell, Gary Cooper, Spencer Tracy, John Wayne, and Big Crosby. It was owned by the public until the 1960s when it was sold to a private investor who continued to keep up the maintenance. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places around 1973, and it has been restored to its former glory as of 2018, so pretty recently. Employees who really enjoy their job sometimes like to try to continue in their former work as best as they can after they pass over despite not having a body. Two former employees are still working, both in spirit form, a bellboy and an elevator operator. Long-term renters live in staff who died in their very familiar room sometimes choose to stay there. Two former long-term renters that called the Monte Vista Hotel their home while alive still do, despite being in spirit form, doing what they enjoy. 
The sex worker profession has long been a dangerous, risky, demeaning way to make a living. Um, but the red light district and Flagstaff used to be on the other side of the railroad station. During the early 1940s, two young ladies getting paid for sex were taken to room 310 at the Monte Vista Hotel for a little action. Their clients killed them and threw their bodies out the window to make sure they were dead. Ooh. Babies who have been murdered after birth have spirits who sometimes still cry in terror or pain. Ooh. Something disturbing happened to a baby in the basement. Perhaps it could have been a prostitute's baby who was killed by the pimp or mobster. The underground tunnels eventually became the place of unsavory people, drug and illegal alcohol promoters, sex trade pimps, and the lawbreakers. Mob soldiers often themselves became victims of the mafia. Employees of the mafia were sometimes killed just because they knew too much or were killed by rival mobsters or did something really stupid and got caught. A Shirley Mel apparition, a big Louie type, perhaps left over from uh, these past like drug deals, um, he has wandered in from the tunnel that ha was a passageway to the Monte Vista Hotel. People who die at the hands of another near or inside a building that is appealing, they can decide to stay there. And the story goes that in 1970, three men decided to get some easy money, they thought, by sticking up a nearby bank. One of the robbers was shot by the security guard. All three decided to celebrate with a drink in the Monte Vista lounge. The man who was shot bled to death while enjoying his last drink. Oh my god. Children were often victims of disease or accidents. Sometimes their spirits stay where they died, perhaps looking for their parents or someone to play with. A spirit of a little boy still is at the Monte Vista Hotel. And some of the actual spooky things. So a male spirit who may be the dead bank robber, or someone else who loved the bar while alive. This fellow is, I guess, friendly and is a spirit who says good morning to both staff and to the visitors at the bar. It is he who is suspected of moving drinks and stools at the bar. There's also a dancing couple. This couple is transparent, dressed formally, and dance around the dance floor. They could be residual energy as they have never communicated with anyone still breathing. Uh, spirit of the bellboy is still delivering invisible food. Guests who stay in room 210 will get a knock at the door and when they open the door there sometimes will be no one there. Sometimes the guests hear through the door room service. Other times one source reports a friendly apparition of a bellboy will be standing there before fading away. People with pets are not given this room because the pet goes crazy. Spirit of the elevator attendant can appear as a solid live person. He asks, what floor can I take you to? And he has been seen by guests, housekeeping staff, and desk agents. He has been seen in the mirror and the elevator as the guest leaves the elevator. Spirit of a woman, she likes to wander around the hallway right by room 210. There's a spirit of a male guest. This eccentric former long-term guest apparently never left. He liked to hang raw meat in his room. Ew. From this room, when it was empty, guests hear coughing and other noises that are loud enough to disturb and annoy. 
A maintenance man made several pairs to room 220. When he left for a moment, he turned off the light and locked the door. However, when he returned, the light was back on, the bed linens pulled off the bed, and the television's volume was at full blast. Dang. A spectral female tendant. Her apparition has been seen sitting by the window and rocking in the rocking chair found in this room. Guest and staff has seen the rocking chair rock by itself. Scratching is heard in the closet. Spirits of two female prostitutes like to visit the lounge as well, probably to enjoy the music and the activities of the living. Room 310, the room where these two prostitutes were murdered. They apparently have a grudge against men. Female guests who stay in this room are sometimes awakened in the wee hours of the a.m. because of an intense feeling of being watched. Male guests who stay here get a taste of how the women were murdered. They wake suddenly, aware of hands over their mouths and around their necks, hindering their ability to breathe. It ends when they wake. Oh, man. Um, there's another male spirit. He recently made himself known. The shadow man stands over six feet tall and is described as being menacing. He has stepped up to the plate to be the unpaid spectral supervisor, likes to oversee delivery men and staff who visit the basement. The spirit of the small boy is friendly and cheerful, may not know that he's dead. He plays in the halls of the Monte Vista Hotel. He walks behind guests, staff in the halls, talking with someone, some say his mother, touches people on the hand, this friendly little spirit appears to children, perhaps looking for someone to play with. There's also the spirit of the crying baby. It is terrified cries of an infant in the basement. And it scares, I guess, people who go down um, and has and makes them leave very quick. To this day, it is still haunted. The joint is jumping with activity. A variety of spirits still love this hotel for different reasons. Other are grounded here because of being killed at the hands of others, prostitutes, and the shadow man in the basement, perhaps. Many guest staff and ghost hunters have experienced a variety of paranormal activity, sometimes the full sports package. Some hard evidence have been caught by ghost hunters who shared their evidence via YouTube that you can check out. I will look into it and see if I can find some videos on it to post in today's blog. It is located downtown historic Flagstaff on the corner of San Francisco Street and East Aspen Avenue and is one block from the railroad station. Uh, once again, thank you to hauntedhouses.com for so much intel on this um, haunted place. Um, and also to hotelmontevista.com, their actual page has quite a bit of information as well. Um, that you can read about, like famous guest, Mary Costigan, who stayed in room 105 as an office, who was a radio uh, broadcaster. Bob Hope stayed in room 203 and 204 a lot. He was an English-born American comedian, actor, singer, dancer, author, and athlete who appeared on Broadway and vaudeville, movies, television, and on the radio. Michael Strip stayed in 205. He's an American singer, lyricist, and visual artist. He is one of the vocalists in REM. Zane Gray stayed in 210. He's an American writer best known for his pop fiction adventure novels and short stories. Bing Crosby stayed in 213. 
and he was one of the first multimedia stars and the first person recognized by the Grammy Global Achievement Award. He is re-owned for having three stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Michael J. Fox stayed in 216, and he is a Canadian-American movie and television actor, best known for his role as Marty McFly in the trilogy of Back to the Future. Oh, I don't want to get her name wrong. She is the singer um, from the Banshees, the lead singer, date in 220, um, an original English punk rock band. Esther Williams stayed in 224. She's a successful American competitive swimmer whose career was halted by the outbreak of World War II. And George Babbitt, who stayed in 301, he was part of the founding families and flag staff and the former governor. Really? Cool. Cool. Um, and on their website as well, you can read about the ghost stories, um, the meat man who stays in room 220 um, that we talked about. This bizarre long-term boarder was known by his strange habit of hanging raw meat from the chandelier. In the early 1980s, the lodger was found in his room three days after his death. Not long after his border's, this boarder's death, a maintenance worker was working on a few repairs. When he left, that's when he came back in and the lights were back or on and the bed was stripped. Today, it is common for the television to act on its own accord as well as reports of cold male hands touching guests in their sleep. Uh, the rocking chair in room 305 featured in many paranormal shows and popular amongst curious guests. Room 305 is by far the most active room in the hotel. So if you really want to get wild, stay at room 305. There are numerous reports of seeing a woman in a rocking chair near the window. Guests and housekeeping have reports of seeing the chair move by itself and knocking coming from inside the closet. History tells us that years ago, an elderly woman who was a long-term renter would sit by the window for hours on end. No one knows what she was looking at or looking for. Could it be she was waiting for someone to return, even in death? Women of the Night in Room 306. Years ago, Flagstaff Red Light District could be found just south of the railroad tracks. And this is talking about the prostitutes who were brought to that room, killed and thrown from the third story window. And over the years, numerous guests have reported being awakened in the middle of the night and unable to return to sleep due to the feeling that they are being watched. And the majority of the time, our male guests report the feeling of having hands placed over their mouths and throats and awakening unable to breathe. The Phantom Bell Boy that we talked about, um, Hotel guests are reported knocking at the door and announcing room service. However, some guests have been have seen the figure of a bellboy standing outside room 210. John Wayne experienced this ghost during a few of his stays. Mr. Wayne reported that the ghost seemed friendly and that he did not feel threatened by its presence. Our housekeepers frequently experience the antics of the bellboy. One report states seeing a young male in an old-fashioned red coat with brass buttons walking up and down the halls. Again, the baby in the basement that we touched on. The dancing couple who have been seen a few times. Um, a bank robber. In 1973, men robbed the bank, a nearby bank. During the robbery, a bank guard shot one of the men despite their injured. They all went to the lounge to have a drink and... Um, 
yeah, about him telling people at the bar, good morning. And he moves bar stools around and drinks that seem to have moved on their own. So there you have it. And if you go to their page now, I actually seen, I'm glad that I went because it actually says, welcome back. We are excited to announce that we have reopened the hotel. We are carefully following CDC guidelines for COVID-19 to ensure the safety of our guests and our team. So you can check it out. They are actually open. This is the first place during this whole spooky season that I've seen is actually open. So, I mean, they used to have a speakeasy and um, all kinds of illegal things happen there. So I'm sure they're, they were much ready to reopen. <laughs> but apparently they are following the rules now. So if you're in the Flagstaff area and you love paranormal activity, I would check it out. Check out their website again to see what room you should stay in. Uh, it's also interesting. It's another place I would love to go and see. I definitely want to hold off for a while. I feel like it's not an, you know, a sensual thing right now. Um, I want to play it safe until things calm down a lot more. But I'm telling you guys, I want to make my husband go on these trips with me. It's so hard though, because although they're like paranormal things and they're like just entities, the ones about like waking up to someone like fucking strangling you, that's the things that really freak me out. Because if you didn't know, I do have two young sons and they go everywhere with us. So if we go and travel places, like I want to take them with us. <laughs> the good thing is they like to be frightened and stuff too. Probably not so much on the paranormal side of things, <laughs> but um they go everywhere with us. So I feel like if I want to go and check out these spooky places myself, they're going with us. So when I read about things like that, like people actually filling, you know, the entities, it freaks me out a little bit more. It's like, maybe I should put this off until the boys are a little bit older, or if we have someone watch the boys, but ugh. let me know what you guys think. Again, um, thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. It means so much. This is the last episode of the season. I'll be back next week to wrap things up and to talk a little bit there. But again, the caffeine and crime bath bombs are now available um, at Bubbly Gift Shop. The link is in the description if you would like to support there. Also, there's the other link to support my podcast if you are interested. It would mean a lot. But don't feel like you have to. Listening is support enough, and I I really am appreciative of all of it. You guys coming back every week means a lot to me. I hope you guys enjoyed Spooky Season. I will be bringing this back in October because I've had so much fun with it. Again, I am getting the final touches to next season. I think I know what I'm doing, so um, that will be coming very, very soon. Um, I don't even know if I'll be taking a break after the wrap-up episode. I'll probably just jump right into season five for you guys, but I hope you guys still enjoyed this one. It was such a good one, and I had a lot of fun, even with the longer breaks <laughs> in between episodes, but... Yeah, let me know what you guys think about Hotel Monte Vista. You can find me on Instagram at Caffeine Crime Podcast. We can talk there. Um, and you can also comment on the blog if you'd like to do it there as well. But I will see you guys next week for season four wrap-up episode. 